Hello, and welcome to Raising Code. This is a podcast about four moms who are also web developers who are at different places in their career and in four different time zones. Welcome to Raising Code podcast. My name is Marika Könönen and I'm host today. So let's introduce ourselves. At first, I have two, three kids, two boys, ages four and eight, and my daughter is nine years old and we all live in Finland. I am currently freelance web developer and I started to learn a new language two years ago and I'm doing that at the same time as I'm doing some freelancing jobs. What about you? Um, so my name is Wendy and I'm living in Brussels, Belgium. I'm originally Californian. I have a four-year-old daughter and I'm currently a student success manager at Moms Can Code School. How about you, Sarah? Hi, I'm Sarah. I am uh, in Houston, Texas, and um, I have two little boys, uh, one who's almost three and another one who just turned one. And um, I have been studying coding on my own. Aside from that, I have been teaching and performing classical music for about 20 years now. Hey, Louise. Hi, I'm Louise, and I'm based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, although I'm from Ireland. Um, I have four boys, 16 down to six. Uh, I'm very passionate about girls coding and moms coding and women coding. Um, I'm a full-time engineer as of three months ago, and I am new in my Node career about two years now learning to code. Okay, so nice to see you all here today. And let's start then. Topic we are discussing today is how we can move from learning to code to build a real projects or applications. So there is certain gap between learning phase and how to use the learned knowledge in a real world. It can be sometimes difficult and cause a lot of self-doubt and sometimes it feels even impossible. So... Tell, tell us, uh, have you felt the gap and how has it affected your coding journey? Sarah, can you start? Yes. Um, so I started looking into coding a few years ago after my first one was born um, as more of a hobby. And I was very interested in the front end of things, designing, how things look, um, more of an um, interest in you know, how I can build, build things. And I was very interested in animation, so I started learning HTML, CSS. And then um, after a couple of months, I uh, sort of set that aside as I was growing my music studio and didn't really touch it until last year, um, right around, I think it was September, uh, when I started uh, looking into coding again after my second one was born and uh, came across uh, Mom's Can Code um, that uh, Wendy just mentioned a few minutes ago. And... Uh, uh, joined their hackathon, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, and that really got me into coding and paying more attention to uh, what I wanted to learn and what was really interesting to me. So um, from then on, I started looking into courses, um, little projects I could do, um, sort of looking at other people's codes on, um, say, code pen and getting these uh, different ideas. Um, so the learning part of it has been um, sort of a challenge, especially at the beginning, because there's so much information out there and so many different languages that you can learn, and there's never an end to it, because 
once you feel like you're sort of comfortable with something, you come across something else that's new and everybody's doing, and then you want to learn that thing. And so learning to focus my um, interest and attention and uh, education has been uh, interesting and challenging because you want to learn everything to be more marketable and uh, to have more opportunities to be hired as a uh, web developer. But then where do you, you know, stop searching and researching and uh, sort of hit, you know, dipping your toes into different things until you figure out what it is that you actually want to do. So uh, that's definitely something I'm interested in hearing the rest of the ladies talk about. Um, because I know I, we've had several discussions about, oh my gosh, do I learn Node? Do I learn Ruby? Do I learn Python? Do I learn Java? And, uh, or in the front end of things, you know, which languages do I learn? You know, React is super popular now, but you can't really learn React unless you've learned JavaScript. So there's, there's many layers that, um, go into it. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. What about, what about you, Wendy? How you have felt that? Yeah, so I did also fall into code as a sort of hobby. Um, very long time ago during MySpace days, I learned about basic HTML and CSS uh, because I simply wanted to change how things looked on my, my pages and I wanted to try and just have some nice uh, blog template, you know, s- silly things like that. Um, but it did get me into HTML and CSS, so I understood some of the basics then. Uh, and it wasn't until maybe 2000 and trying to think 2007, 2008, maybe that I really somehow by a fluke accident, no, well, just by connections got into code again. Uh, my brother-in-law mentioned that he kind of needed somebody to take on a kind of freelance project in code. And would I be interested? And at the time I was in a job search for a completely different career. So I thought, well, I have this time while I'm not working. Um, so sure, I'll, I'll take it on. And I had to learn a bit of JavaScript, uh, basic JavaScript to get this site working. And it, it was sort of for a, a political campaign. So I had, to, it was going to be very public. So I had to learn on the job. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, for some reason it completely unfazed me <laughs> maybe because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really working for payment. I was working for getting a project out there, um, at that point. And it, it worked fine, like because I had an art degree, I was able to come through with the graphic design side of things. Um, and so it looked good. It worked basically. Um, and it, it did what the, the kind of simple things they needed it to do. Um, and my brother-in-law continued building his own kind of communications agency. So from time to time, I would handle projects for him. Um, and so I I kind of eventually got a job as an art psychotherapist, which was the career I'd, I'd kind of intended to be mine. Um, and so for that time, I put code away. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to another country, to China, and I just had a baby that I thought, I need to have a new career path. Uh, I need to be doing something. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a work visa at the time, so I had time on my hands. And so just on a fluke, I I thought, okay, I used to code. Why don't I try that again? And so I started to do that. And I started that path towards learning again. And um, I think I'll talk about that more later. But um, 
It wasn't until I got, I got this gig, uh, well, as an online instructor for Moms Can Code as well as a student success manager, that I really um, got back into, the, I feel like, the swing of things as far as really um, needing to work in a team, understand things quickly. And that is a bit of a shock when you first get into it. You know, uh, students come yes. up with scenarios that you would never imagine <laughs> you know I never thought about the fact that you could put a, a, a get repo into a repo and um, you know there, there's just all sorts of little problems and uh, interesting questions that come up that I never would have imagined on my own or gotten into <laughs> so so that's been really fun um, so yeah it's I've I've enjoyed the transition in a funny way but it is an interesting transition thank you Wendy so what about Louis what do you think about this do you feel the gap between doing own projects and then start to work in in a real project yeah I suppose I do because I I, I did work while I was learning to code almost at the same time um, And I never, I was always in technology, apart from when there was a few years where I went off to become a naturopath, but I had a computer college degree years ago and many, many, many years ago. Um, so I'm like a tech fetch newbie. That's how I see myself because I'm, I'm a new node developer, learning all the time, taking on freelance jobs. And then finally I've gotten um, um, an engineering, full-time engineering job as a node developer. So I've, I've seen myself really enjoy learning and do a boot camp to freshen up my skills and feel on top of my projects, even though they're tough, but then be given freelance projects, which I'm just thrown at the deep end. And I'm like, hang on now, I'm used to starting my own little project where I know all the folder structure and I know my, I have my wireframes, but in the real world, you don't get clear wireframes and you don't get given a little manual saying, this is the way the system is now. And I want you to do this. They say, can you, can you help me? I'm not even sure what I want. And, um, you have to then say, well, how do I work well? So anyway, we, we can talk about the solutions, but for admitting that there's a major difference between your learning projects and your real world projects and all that imposter syndrome and confidence that you struggle with, because it's not what you expected. Sometimes the language is on a different version. You can't use certain JavaScript or node tips and tricks that you're, you're dependent on. When you're learning, it's all latest. In the real world, you could be on version behind that you know and you have oh, to do yes. all the things like yeah like webpack and babel and things that um you know you know about and you learn a definition of but you don't have to worry about it on a daily basis you just have to know sort of what so there's a lot of concepts that you 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 have to know and you are literally thrown the deep end but you can't expect to write even one line of code when you hit a new project it's all about reviewing and learning so it's thinking and analyzing And you don't really get prepared for that in the, in your in your online courses, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I guess with my background, um, I sort of am used to dealing with customers and I am used to being on any end of the stack. I've worked in various different places and different types of teams. So I have a lot of experience to know that this crazy, scary feeling is means I'm going to learn a lot. So I've started to train my brain whenever I panic to say, this is great. This means I'm under pressure, but I will get a better level in the end oh that's good advice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i love it i i felt that exactly when i was working um <clears throat> in my last last freelance project i was terrified two months and couldn't sleep but <laughs> i learned yeah. so much during that time you have a lot of experience with you know uh, learning things on your own and doing projects and 
you know, how did you find that gap between you learning and then doing your I'm, I'm staying I'm still struggling with that to be honest. So I had bachelor's degree in software engineering, but I worked as a software software tester tester in my first job, mm-hmm. and it was really hard to move from tester to coder. It was almost impossible in a big company, or at least I I felt it in that way. So I left from the job. I got my third kit and started to learn web development again. So now I, now I am at the same situation. I have been learning and do, doing courses, but I don't know I don't know how to fill the gap between like learning phase and working phase. I I know something, but but that's why we are talking here today. <laughs> right, and, absolutely. And, <laughs> so how how can we showcase our knowledge? So now we know the problem, um, but what what we can do about that, and how we can make the gap between studying versus working smaller? Is there some ways? Louise, do you want to start? Sure. I think you you got the job. So you have, you know something? <laughs> I do, and um, I guess I'm still new to that job. I'm still learning. But what I decided going into this team, and this project, this company, was that, you know, every company is different and the team is different. And the project you're on is different. And my process is defining. For me, I need to know what the end goal is. And it's so, so hard when people are used to working together and they don't need that and they all are more fluid. I like to have the end clearly defined. So having a process, and another thing is, um, no matter what program you're using or what software or what version or what end of the stack, it's always good to know your environment, have your testing and your debugging setup good. So I, they're my familiar comfort blankets um, so that whatever I'm looking at and however confusing it is, I can start off with um, my setup really well. And the other thing is I pseudocode everything, even now. So I... Whether it's tiny or big, the change, I will put stubs in for the back end and forget about it and work on the front end, or I'll do the same for the front and work on the back end. And I put little pseudocodes out saying, this will be a function to do this, and this will do this. And so then I can just go, just console log the functions working at the start. And gradually, so I, I sort of like start tiny and then pad it out. And I would say, learn how to refactor, because it doesn't matter how messy it is at the start as long as it works. You can you always have to come back, and then you can say, "Hey, this is this is going to be a nice function on its own because then it's reusable to somebody else or some other part of the process." So just you know, learn what process helps you, and realize that everyone's the same. They're all coming into this going, "I'm so confused." It's it's a lot of thinking and less coding, and that's part of the job. And you have to learn that you know, uh, an imposter syndrome just just it's there, and you just have to come up with a motto that replaces it like I, I don't know everything but I can learn anything oh thank you Louis. so many good advices sorry, sorry so, I just had my daughter in the background oh that's fine <laughs> but Wendy what about you yeah well I have to agree with um Louise that it's definitely about um having a process um and a big big sort of leap in my understanding for that was doing the hackathon together um, because we oh, had yes, to work in a, <laughs> we had to work in a team <laughs> together everyone had different levels of ability different styles of coding different specialties um, so it gave a good understanding of a process of working in a team um, also I think you know 
of course, building your own projects, but beyond that, thinking about how you build with others is really vital because <laughs> I think that uh, understanding how you have to do things like have a wireframe or um, how you have to uh, think about possibly, depending on your position, think about the business side of things and what their perspective is, how you work with clients, L looking at the larger picture through the life cycle of coding something. Um, is important. Uh, that's something that you don't necessarily get building little things at home and little projects. And, you know, so uh, I think that's vital. And you know what, like a lot of what I do now relies on soft skills, things that I got from other career roles. So understanding how your skills transfer from other areas into code is important um, in the real world. And I, I think that's something that sometimes uh, people that are transferring into tech, like moms, uh, undersell. So your ability to communicate with teams, uh, multidisciplinary teams, um, your ability to um, manage a project is vital um, because you know, even in the smallest degree, you're going to be managing your piece of a puzzle and you have to understand how it fits into the larger puzzle. Thank you so much, Wendy. So I, I agree, <clears throat> agree with you that uh, when, you, when you are able to work and communicate in, in a team, so in successfully, so like in our hackathon, mm -hmm. in like one, was it one year ago almost? <laughs> yeah. So it, it really gave it me a lot of gave me a lot of confidence as a, as a web developer so i was like able to work with the team communicate with the team so it kind of narrowed gap and and my my opinion also is that how i have been able to is to use a github a lot so we will talk later on on the courses and resources but kind of that whatever you make update the github that is that is the place where you can you can show show your code to somebody else. For example, if you are applying to a job, yeah. you can show the code code there. And sorry, Marika, to interrupt. Just I meant to say as well um, on that about um, getting experience in the real world. If you're not working and you want to get experience working, um, do some open open source work. Yes, that, that really throws, yes, that's, throws that's you good. in the deep end. Just wanted to say, because I know you've done that and I've done it. So maybe um, I'm sure it's really interesting for others to hear how you, that really gives you a sense of a big project. Yes, yes, that's correct. I, I also, I uh, I tested one one open source project I, and I communicate with the team. So it it gave me so much. Even I, I wasn't coded there, but I just tested the framework and give the feedback and they when I found some something that I needed and it wasn't there, so the team just coded that <laughs> feature right away and it was felt fantastic to be a part of that open source project. What about Sarah? <laughs> yeah, um I, I agree with everything that um you all said. It's very important I think to to do the real projects that will you know of course teach you something and some of the courses that we will talk about a little bit later um, that I have done, you do have to do a lot of projects. And one thing that we talked about a while ago, the, the four of us were discussing uh, the importance of GitHub and having your projects uh, being showcased somewhere where everybody can basically see it is really important for um, 
future employment because even if you don't have the perfect resume or perfect CV, they can go to your GitHub or to your CodePen or any other you know open source work that you have done or cloud work that you have uh, done that's out there available to others to see. It's really important because that will basically show them in black and white that you have uh, been doing all of these different things that you can talk to you know, the uh, prospect employers and tell them, you know, yes, I have done, for instance, uh, JavaScript, or I have done a lot of uh, front-end design, um, and this is this is what my code looks like. Then they can go back and see and basically decide on their own what your skill level is and what your skill sets are, and uh, will you be the good fit for the company. But in addition to the technical part of uh, coding and technologies uh, that you can show uh, the um, employers or somebody who uh, is interviewing you, one of the things that I've come across with uh, a lot of job applications and the requirements that they're asking is uh, the communication skills, you know, and verbal communication as well as written communication because um, the kind of positions that, for instance, I'm interested in are remote positions. I'm not interested in uh, going to an office every day. So when you're working remotely with a team, you have to really be able to uh, communicate with them and communicate effectively. Uh, you don't have that sort of physical presence that you can sit with them and look them in the, the eyes and just, you know, let them know this is what you want to do. So that the communication skills are, to me, very, you have the work sessions or the training sessions with, um, with employers or your manager or whoever, uh, either via video chatting or just Slack or email and things like that. So uh, those have been really uh, important. And when I'm looking at um, applications, that's something that I've been seeing more and more of um, as you know, people are becoming more interested in working remotely. And I feel like even if you are going to an office and even if you are seeing your manager and your coworkers on a daily basis, it's really important to have that communication skill because you're in a team, you're working with other people. So not only your code has to make sense to them, and you have to write clean code, but you also have to be able to explain what you're trying to do or if you're needing help, um, if something doesn't make sense, to really be able to have that open conversation with them and be able to you know, figure your way out of you know, whatever it is that you're doing. I agree, Sarah, and that is something I have. <clears throat> when I was working at a big company, they told me that, okay, there is plenty of excellent coders, but not as many not all of those can communicate well so that was a big problem when the companies were high hiring people so they want also that the people who can communicate well yeah communicate well and also people who can go into a situation that isn't organized yeah yes. and can oh, think yes. on their feet yeah and what better than moms to do that right oh yeah. yes <laughs> yeah we are the well, best in my team is a startup vibe so it's it's part of liberty mutual but it's a really new um, company of its own uh called workbridge and it's it's crazy every day is different and you don't know what task is going to come in it's very much evolving and, and everyone can decide which area they want to skill up on to a point you are self-led you are self-directed mm-hmm. so um it's it's fabulous and challenging and scary and mad but it's, <laughs> it's it's great because i've had all this experience recently it's really important and wendy you can elaborate on that because you are working with a lot of students and also a lot of professionals 
So you're always thrown into this like chaotic situation where you have to figure your way out of it. <laughs> like the situation with like, you know, having a repository in another repository. And, like, out, and do you know, know what? Now I, I, I remember, remembered that when I was in an interview, uh, in that, from that big company, they asked me because I said that I was organized person and I do my list and stuff like that. And they asked me, what happened if I'm going to be in that kind of situation that everything is chaos? So mm-hmm. how I will react on that? Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was, I was referring so to that. I am mom. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can my mind all the time. No, I've had oh, jobs. Badass. Yeah. I, I've had jobs where flexibility is a key competency. And a lot of people say that above intelligence, it's your ability to be flexible that will make you successful in life. Uh, yes. And so I, I, I feel now better. <laughs> absolutely. Because if you're flexible, you will find a way to fit in somehow. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and with any team, there'll be uh, highs and lows. There'll be all the tasks coming in at once and high priority items and then moments where it will simmer down. But, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely vital that you test your ability to flex and that you um, have a team that can do that. <laughs> what about then? Okay, now we know what to do, how we can narrow the gap between a learning mode to working mode. So what about, what are the best resources on, or courses or self-study plans that you have or you have had for showcasing your skills? Uh, when they start? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, um, there are a lot of good courses to take out there that are great resources. I think some of you will list some that I have as personal favorites, too. I do want to say, though, that like it is important that you build your own projects. It's important to put your own stamp on things. And uh, how you choose to do that, whether it's through following tutorials whether it's through uh, coming up with your own ideas completely and just playing around with code. Um, things like a hackathon were good for concentrating minds on something that had just come out of a brain in five minutes. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's good to set lots of deadlines and you're, make yourself accountable, I think, for tasks. Things like co-working are a good resource, I find, for myself, um, if I'm doing things on oh, my yes. own, because I need other people to <laughs> brush up against, and I need them to know that I'm publicly trying to do something. And it's the same with GitHub. Um, the fact that you're publicly pushing code up is important because it keeps you accountable. Um, just to quickly say, you know, like, I'm working for Moms Can Code School, and I think that the program is really good for people that have not experienced working in teams because the emphasis is on pair programming and getting you ready with all the tools you need to work remotely with other people. So um, I think that it's important to have that resource and ability, especially if you're looking for something that's remote. I think there's a special set of skills that comes with that. And yeah, yeah. so I think also being able to go to uh, events Uh, whether it's groups, whether it's conferences, um, networking is really important and vital even after you get into a job, but before you get into a job, um, because uh, I think that you need to understand what the newest, what teams are working on, get a sense of uh, 
what is out there in your area. And then also, of course, I've been teaching um, and that has really, in a funny way, I love teaching. I love being able to talk to people about code and helping them along their journeys. But in a selfish way, it helps me with mine because I am having to find a way to communicate all the stuff that I've learned um, in the simplest way possible. Um, so that's been a mm-hmm. vital resource for my learning and my development as a coder. And it does get you more job ready in a sense because you're preparing other people to be job ready. So, um, yes, sure. Yeah. So it, it helps knock the edges off. It helps polish up your skills. So finding ways to teach, absolutely. You know, whether it be writing blogs, whether it be vlogging, um, whether it be doing a podcast, you know, um, <laughs> I think it's really vital to find a way to talk about what you're doing. Okay. That was a lot. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, how about Louis? What kind of resources well, I, you I, have had on? I wish I I I podcasts is a funny one, right? Because I tried on podcasts. I listen to them all the time in the car on the way to work every day. In the car on the way back, <laughs> I'm running, doing the dishes, doing the shopping. I can't. I learn through podcasts, and then I have to go and try it out and read about it. And sometimes the same podcast could be on my periphery for like a few weeks. From but I might pause it, and some days just write stuff down. Finish. So for me, I love getting an industry expert. I love getting their quick dump of it. And then I go off and say, I want to know, I want to know what that means. And I go off and research all these little bits. And then I listen to it again and try and see, do I understand it better? You don't need to be an expert to do a podcast. It's just to get people, to encourage people. There's so many um, developer advocates out there. And I would say we're like that now. We are developer advocates. We want to get people coding to for the joy of coding. Yeah. We don't gain anything from this. It's just mm-hmm. to spread the word. So podcast for me is huge. But all the things that Wendy was talking about, of teaching and you know, doing open source projects and, you know, picking your online course, but making sure you do your own spin on it. They're all things that I've had to do. And um, I wish I had this podcast like three years ago. <laughs> because <laughs> this is like stuff we've, we've learned the hard way, yeah. giving this out for free. And it, they, are, they are so important. There's some really good tips about GitHub and, you know, and, and online communities, I would say, like the Moms Can Code community, like Hackathons um, and Twitter. You know, getting, uh, making friends and yeah. learning from them. Yeah. I, fi- I found out, I find out on a daily basis, the new tool after being released for, I'm an AWS developer now and I'm learning on a cloud guru, um, that you can test your lambdas locally, which is a real difficulty for developers who have everything in the cloud. And I want to try it out. I found out yesterday it was just released. So you've got to keep listening to the latest things. Um, it's important to know what's coming out as a developer, even to get a job. You know, you need to know what's happening and keep up to date my biggest resource was my bootcamp i decided because it was just i was learning javascript by myself doing all these different online courses and for free if you are in a position where you have one that fits in with your life and consider it because um a lot of us got jobs out of that at the end of it especially it was affiliated with a college just pick one that is not too big pick one that has a small group that you can actually network and learn to work in teams because you do need to have um a gain from spending that kind of money Otherwise, you may as well do something online, you know, just make sure do your research. And yet, yeah, have a Trello for everything. So whether it's getting a job or this week, <laughs> today, I'm a Trello queen. I think we all have the same shortcuts, but um, it just helps me keep focused. plan is this, because you just get sidetracked and there's so much to, to learn. Um, try and get focused that way. Thank you, Louise. And uh, what about Sarah? So um, there are 
so many resources out there. For me, the best one, um, which I just recently finished, was um, a Udemy course that I took. And um, <laughs> I think all of you are familiar with that. Yay! <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Big <laughs> fan yes. club here. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> um, it's called the uh, Web Developer Bootcamp by Gold uh, Steel. That's one thing with Udemy. You kind of have to catch them at the right price. Sometimes the course is for ten dollars. Other times it was for thirty five dollars. But nevertheless, it was always less than forty dollars. So if you're on a budget, like I am. That's that was a really good um, resource for me. And what worked really well for me was that I coded along with him throughout the entire course. So I did um, all of the apps, all of the little exercises that. Um, that he had recommended or was doing. And in the process of that, I made them sort of my own. I put a little bit of my own spin to them. And another course that I'm doing right now is also by Code Steel, and it's his React course that he just came up with in 2019. Um, The exercises that he is doing are fantastic, but as Wendy mentioned, you can make them your own that way you learn more with it and you're putting your own interest and your own spin to it. So for instance, he was doing a Pokemon card and I made them about musical cards. Uh, oh, that's was fun. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, I, and it taught me a lot because, you know, he was working with a certain API and I had to go find my own and, you know, it, it, it throws that little uh, purple at you and so you have to kind of find your way um, out of it. Aside from that, as everybody mentioned, uh, making your own courses, um, having a daily plan, what do you want to do? And for me, it's always a challenge because I have two little ones and I also work um, on my own business. So it's difficult to find the time. And there are days that I only have half hour to work. But, you know, really managing your time and really um, putting priority on the project that you're working on can help you, even if you only have... Uh, 10 minutes. There are days that I only have 10 minutes to work on this little itty bit of the project. Um, but that helps. Some of the other resources that I really have um, come across and I love them are, um, as Louise mentioned, meetups, meeting other people, online groups. There are a lot of Slack channels that you can join uh, for developers in your area. Uh, you don't have to necessarily meet them physically. Twitter has been really good for me. There are a lot of uh, people who are super supportive and share a lot of information. Um, Stack Overflow is wonderful. If you have questions, you can always go up in there. And, um, you know, there are always hundreds of people probably ask that same question before. So there are lots of uh, really good answers and good solutions there. Um, uh, Googling your questions, it's always helpful because, you know, a lot of people have the same questions and that helps and, and one resource that I came across um, just recently, about a month ago, is um, Twitch. Twitch is a website that um, they share a lot of techni- um, technology-related things. A lot of gamers are in that, so there's a lot of uh, good information. But um, as you mentioned, Louise, with AWS, AWS goes live on Twitch all the time. So they... Um, I'm taking notes, Sarah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think Fortnite. I'm going to use that Twitch. I know. <laughs> yeah. So Twitch is a good, good um, resource as well. It's, um, go on there, and you know, there's lots of lots of stuff there that you can um, watch live videos. Um, I 90 percent of the times I don't even understand the vocabulary, but I just sit through it. <laughs> Number and I'm like, 
But if you have really good resources, with oh. especially okay. <laughs> I have still one, one. I have still one one courses to add here. So my favorite is also gold seals. <laughs> like you probably, probably know, but when you have finished that one, <laughs> then you can jump to the cold water and. <laughs> Start to start to learn a full stack open 2019 course. Course, so mm. it's now published in English also. It was previously only in Finnish, but it's now in English, and it's a deep dive into modern web development. So they use React, and it's focused on building single page applications with React JS that uses REST APIs built with Node.js, and I love that course. And But probably I know the teacher who's, who has made this, so he has been my teacher when I was studying, so I know his style, Ooh. and it's excellent. Yeah. It's really it's really difficult course, and you have to know something. You can not start from there. Uh, I wasn't able to do that on last year. It was too, too difficult for me, but now I can hang on there, and, <laughs> and it's free. It's free. It's nice. that it's amazing, and and the exercises are built. So there is no videos, but there is excellent like links for the references, and there is each each sections has written down, and then there is exercises, and those are have made so clever way that they really make you learn the code what you are doing. So you. At the end of the exercises, those are really long, and sometimes you are like, "Oh my god, I I cannot make this," <laughs> but but you will learn so much. And the best but that means you're learning. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But and then you need to. What is the best part? You have to um, return the exercises to the GitHub repository. Will create automatically while you are doing the course. So I and that is mooc.fi is link for that. So. That is my resource for React full stack. So thank you everybody. Yeah, it was nice to talk yeah. on this topic. A lot of stuff there, and I hope that our findings will will help our audience. Okay, so see you next time. Thank you everybody. Thanks, bye bye. 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 bye.